You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 59. Only got the three of us. We have no idea where Mark is right now. He has gone off the grid. He is not answering messages and he's pretty much give us the big, uh, flipped us the big bird and uh, he's not coming on tonight. Uh, I think he's got some some issues going on at home with his, uh, with his landscaping. And for those of you that don't know Mark, um, when things don't go exactly as planned, <laughs> he, he may be a little irate. Um, so no Mark, Philly is doing his best to get onto some Wi-Fi up in Omimi, the hometown of Neil Young. Um, and we had a guest plan for uh, tonight, a really solid guest, um, but uh, Murphy's Law and uh, had a pipe bust in his house. So he's cleaning up that mess. So you get us three beauties for now. Hopefully Philly comes on. This is so, going to be the ugliest episode we've ever done. Ryan's Ryan's in Nova Scotia. Oh, this is, this is totally going to be ugly. Like 10 minutes before we hit record, we found out there was no guests. No and Mark. no Phil. Yeah, and no Phil. So this is going to be... It won't be rated R at least. Well, yeah, there won't be... It'll be rated ugly. <laughs> It'll yeah. be rated ugly, yeah. So fellas, um, I guess, like I said... Dave's up in Concord and Ryan's in Nova Scotia. I'm here just outside of Kingston, Ontario. So I guess the big news, and, and I really didn't get a chance to dive into them too much, but the big news is that our duck hunting regs are out for 21-22. Um, I didn't see, a, I, did, I just quickly glanced, I didn't see any changes to the bag limits, especially for here in Ontario. Um, so I think it's uh, status quo for bag limits here in Ontario. Ryan, what about you down in Nova Scotia? Any, any difference? No, it's pretty generic. Same as last year. Um, we have our goose opener, September 7th, our duck opener, October 1st. Uh, there's the sexy bearded beast. There he is. Um, our limits pretty much the same. Uh, early goose is eight. Uh, ducks is six. Uh, six can be black up until December 7th again. I, I, don't quote me on that. And then it goes down to four. So, And then our, our duck season closes January 7th, which is very nice for, for, for my liking. Um, I know from my part, I'm trying to read the regs on my phone. I sent a message off to Dave and Phil and a couple of us that are planning the opener. And I was like, this... And they were like, uh, no, that's not the right end date because of this and this and this. And I'm like, no, pretty sure um, this is the end date. And trying to read it on my phone and not scrolling and, and not reading properly. I, I just so, asked on Facebook. I just went to oh, <laughs> what, what one of the Facebook. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we got the date squared away and and like we all say and, and Dave sort of kind of alluded to it, you know, the the people that just come on Facebook and ask without trying to read. Um do yourself a favor, don't try and read those rigs on your phone or else you'll end up like me and getting all kinds of all kinds of confused. But luckily enough, I have Phil and Dave and, and Brennan Veerman and, and Jason Sear and Mark Vitch that uh quickly pointed out my uh, wrongdoings and uh, set me on the right path. And and by the looks of things with the closing of my new house and the closing of my current house, I will be hunting duck opener this year. That was looking a little bit. I I was getting a little worried, but um, by the looks of things, we're going to have both houses for a week period. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to tee up the, because according to my mother, as I was told, and you always listen to your mother, I'm getting movers. 
Who's who's a big fan of the show, by the way? Yes. Oh, <laughs> mom, uh, mom's like, uh, you're getting movers, and that's like your housewarming gift. I'm like, okay, can't argue with mom. Oh, no, w- wicked housewarming gift. Right. See, I and I, I and I like I I say that, but I am so spoiled. And Ryan, I know you understand what I'm saying with this, but I've never ever had to move myself because every time I've moved, I've been in in the army. Right. You mean my tax dollars do it? Yeah, but you'd rather your tax dollars than your back. So, yeah, that's true. I'm just glad that I don't have to move my gun safe. Ooh, it, it's in it's in my basement and it's 310 pounds. You get Wally, the big truck driver, to come in and get her for you. Eh? Yeah, have at yeah. it, boys. Here, here's a case of beer. He'll lift that upstairs by himself with a dart in his mouth, no problem. Right, <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah. Pitter patter. Let's yeah. get at her. Let's get at her, boys. Um, we sort of kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, and Dave, I sent you something today about it. Um, and I really wanted to to talk about it tonight, and and to try and get let's let's we'll use this as as a as a litmus test for me to because of something that I want to plan on doing down the road. Um, but last Friday I was talking to Bobby Hayes. Bobby Hayes called me last Friday and we were just shooting a shit on the phone. Um, and he had, he had said to me that he's been trying to pot down into words what it is meant to be a waterfowl hunter, a duck hunter. And he, and he says he, he gets it, but then he sort of kind of goes off the rails a little bit and, and he really can't get it into words it, it, what it is exactly that he's saying. And, and for those of you that don't know, Bobby um, is a smart man and he, and he has some brilliant ideas and there's a whole lot of stuff happening up in that head and he's just not able to get it down on paper. And I was, you know what, I want to start picking your guys' brains on on what it is to be a waterfowler and and to keep it simple i'd like to just go around the table and do it that way as opposed to us jumping in which we tend to do and and cut one another off so i i'd like to do that and then you know give you a couple minutes to think about it i've had some time to think about it so i'll go first and then as i'm talking you guys think about what it is and and if you don't have much to say that it's fine. That's great. But I think it's something that needs to get out there. And the reason why I'm saying that I think it needs to get out there is because I think there is a wrong message that's making its way on social media right now on what it is to be a waterfowler. And, and that starts with a term that Bobby introduced to me which is called the bro crew so no not the okay the bro the bro crew and and listen i'm i'm not i i really got to tiptoe around this because i i know there's some people that's going to listen to it and and it may get your hackles up a little bit and that's not what i'm trying to do and i'm not trying to insult anybody but we've talked about these numerous times on this show and i know phil you were really really passionate about it and and it's these pictures that that make their way on social media um and these these fellas and listen i get it you're you're young and ryan maybe you can talk of a waterfowl or something that you talked about once before with us uh when when i give the mic to you because it it tends to be a lot of the younger generation that that's putting these pictures up and it's these giant stacks of birds. So I think when I see a stack of 60 birds, I think that, well, there's what eight people that's hunting that to get that stack of 60 birds. I've been hunting for a long time and every time I hunt, there's always one or two people that won't take birds. 
there's always a couple dudes that are like, ah, I, I, I don't need any. I got lots in the freezer or I don't like it or um, you just take it, whatever. So I'm thinking about these stacks of 60 birds, 40 birds, whatever it may be. And I'm thinking, well, who's, who's eating this? You know, like one dude, like, so legally one dude can't walk home with 40 birds because obviously he's over his possession limit, over the bag limit, the whole bit. So who's, so like what's happening with the, with all these birds, where are all these birds going? I, I know some fellas will fucking put them into um, jerky and all that stuff, but I, I digress. These stacks, these big giant stacks of birds, how are you hiding eight people? How many birds are coming in that eight people are jumping up and just whacking and sending a pile of steel down range, getting your 60 birds, and then you got to clean these 60 birds. Who's taking them? And this is all, uh, and I'm not off track here yet. Um, and this is all in relation to a group, the bro crew that needs to have this picture on social media of a stack of 60 birds. And I think that's the wrong message. This is my opinion um, and disagree with me if, if you see fit, but I think that's the wrong message to be putting out there that there's these big giant stacks of dead birds and fellas are, because the reality is we all know that not everybody is taking their fair share of birds. Does that make sense? I would say so just off that if you get invited to a hunt with there's likes, you know, it's going to be a smoker um, and you're not willing before even accepting that invite to take your limit of those birds, then don't accept that invite. Don't be that guy or gal who is like, well, I've got a full freezer. So if anybody wants, don't even, Yeah, don't even. I mean, well, there's the odd full freezer. That's yeah, yeah. Like you should be hunting. That's right. So there's the. I mean, there is the odd person who's like gets out maybe once or twice a year, and they just you know, and they're like, hey, you know, I I will take extra if anybody wants to give it up, and, and that's fine. But mm -hmm. if you're if you're showing up to a hunt and and you're not prepared to take your share, your 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 uh, your limit, then mm -hmm. you should you should be going because you need to be respecting that game. And, uh, and not and not only respecting the game, but if you're not taking any, then there's somebody that's gonna have to take them that could possibly put them in trouble with the law, right? Right. Dave, sorry, I cut you off. Buddy. No, I know um, a good friend of mine. He does a lot of those big hunts, and I got a few things to say about it. Number one, when it comes to actually taking the meat, they all live in the same little house. And they take it back as a group. And those boys, they're putting back, that's feeding them through college. Like it's, that's okay. what they're eating. And they're, they went, they're like making, they're taking the hearts and eating the hearts in different ways and, and finding that's what's feeding them through college. So I see it that way. But I also see yeah. for, for Tanner, I think he's going to be a guide when he's older. And I think these big hunts that he's doing with, the pictures is almost like a, a resume for him to when he applies to Saskatchewan, he can do it. He's practicing. He wants to get his schooling done first and that's first and foremost, mm -hmm. but he's showing that in his off time, he can guide guys with the big hunts. So I see it both ways. Like I understand there are people yeah. out there that are going to take those big hunts and, and shoot the limit. And then, but there are some guys that are doing it as like a, a job interview and they're taking lots of people out and having fun with it. So yeah. If you want to go out and, and go hunting and smash birds and stuff and uh, take your meat home, go skeet shooting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, go, go skeet shooting. There you yeah. go. You, you don't have to You get to pull the trigger all you want. You don't have to take anything home. There you go. I, and, and I, and I think I sort of kind of, I didn't get my message across the right way because what I was trying to say is that when we're, or when, and I say we as a, as a duck hunting, goose hunting community, when we post these big giant pictures, 
is it the right message to be, to have out on social media? So Dave, I get, I get what Tanner's doing and he's doing uh, a res, let's say a, a, an electronic resume and here, you want to know if I can kill birds? Here's, here's the proof that I can kill birds. I get that. I get it. But the thing oh. that people don't see when you talk about what's it mean to be a waterfowler, they don't see the 30 days that you go out or 20 days you go out and you may not see something. You may not shoot yeah. anything. But yeah, the benefit of being a waterfowler is it's not like when you're out deer hunting and you're sitting in that stand all by yourself. Like you're out there, you're cooking your bacon, you're, you have a group of guys with you. Maybe you're going solo, whatever, but like with the waterfowlers, like it's, it's kind of a big, I don't want to say fraternity, but it's like a group that they all get together and, and it's a social club, right? That's, yeah. that's a big part of it too. And you might have 20 days where you don't see or shoot anything. And yeah, cause I used to, when Tanner first started posting those pictures, I'm like, fuck, I wish I could get up there for a hunt. But then I would have missed hunting with some of the guys I hunted with and, seeing some of the things we did and like yeah. you know it's it's not just about those big pile pictures but those big pile pictures happen and it's a congratulations to those guys too right that's how i see it yeah that that's cool what you said um and that'll tie into what i asked ryan to speak about and that's that evolution of the hunter because that's what you just said dave is coming from a mature and and i use the word mature as as a safer word than saying you're old, um, but a mature hunter, as opposed I can't even grow to a fucking beard. <laughs> <laughs> but but Ryan talked Ryan like the evolution of that of the waterfowler, like from where he starts to to the point where we're at today. If you can like talk us through those stages, and that'll make a lot of sense to what you just said, Dave, comparing Tanner to yourself. Yeah, just like, I mean, I think back to like when my dad started taking me out when I was super young, like, you know, I got to that age where I could finally, you know, go with him and shoot a gun and shoot my first duck, you know, and then the next stage was like, man, I can't wait to be able to go out on my own, my own friends and shoot our own ducks. And then it was like, well, we're having success. And, that, and now it's like, well, man, we need to, we need to shoot a limit. Like we got to be able to, you know shoot a limit and you shoot a limit. And then it's like, well, you know what? That We can consistently kill birds and shoot a limit. Maybe we'd be nice to shoot, like you shot all green heads and stuff like that. And then that happens. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of at the point now and that's kind of why I got into guiding work. And, and I love doing youth days is I get more in my, my dad's been like this for years, as, as you know, Damien, like, mm -hmm. you know, he would, he gets more enjoyment out of, you know, being on a hunt with us and just watching it unfold. And I think to me, like guiding, like that is, that's why I, I enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Phil is the same way. Like you just love watching. It's kind of like watching your kids opening presents on Christmas morning. You get to live that vicariously again. Mm -hmm. And it's just like to see the enjoyment and the excitement and the enthusiasm. It's just kind of like it reinvigorates that passion for yourself. And, that, and that's why I love it. And that's the stage I'm at in my, in, in my, uh, in my waterfall life, I guess, is you've reached that. And, and it's not, it's not, not about just like shooting, you know, I mean, you go back to like the big mass piles. I had two hunts last year where it was like that, where we had like six, seven, you know, guys on a hunt. And I mean, it, those, those are fun. Those are great hunts. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, displaying that accomplishment, but, but, to some people, like especially younger guys, that's, I mean, that's a big deal and it's part of the process. It's part of the journey, but it's not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, I mean, it's just part of the process. We go through this as, you know, deer hunters, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, as you get older, you kind of, uh, you pre appreciate the steps that you're taking more than, more so than, you know, the end of the journey, I guess. So. Yeah. And, and I want to add in here that by no means am I trying to make myself seem like I'm this, uh, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, I was trying to get 
those I, like I lived for those smasher hunts where it was a six man limit and and it was just stacks and stacks of birds. I lived for it. Now at the ripe age of of thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right now at the age of 44, um, that's not what's important to me, which is what you're saying, Ryan, like it's not, it's not what, what I strive to, to accomplish when I go out on a, on a bird hunt now. So Dave. What? <laughs> no, but like, let's admit though, like we're not saying it's like whenever you do shoot, your limit or yeah. a huge pile it's a big accomplishment at the same time and it, it is. don't take away from that accomplishment like it's a great no, thing no. and yeah I, I don't see anything wrong it's yeah i am probably the least experienced guy here because i didn't hunt in a legal capacity through my teenage years right mm. so yeah it's I, don't, I, I didn't have that young age hunting stuff right and, and don't get don't get it twisted like i had a hunt last year where you know i had like 600 canadas in a, in a cut cornfield and they were just they had been there for like over a week and a half and massive cornfield tons of feed like you know this this is the hunt where you need to call everybody you can and yeah. I, I i i scratched and scraped to get seven guys out because i knew it was this was going to be shooting fish in a barrel and it was like we shot a seven man limit of, of geese in I don't know less than an hour. Yeah. It, and I mean that's I mean that's fine. Like, that's 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 great. Those opportunities don't that happened to me twice last year. They don't mm-hmm. happen all the time, right? So yeah, take advantage of it. But but it's not the end all be all. That's 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 the point. And I think yeah. it's something that's missing too is if you go to a public area and you see a great hunting spot and someone gets up early enough and gets there before you, we we have to start admitting that maybe we shouldn't be hunting close to there just because we scouted there and move somewhere else and look at the safety aspect too. Right. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I'm not, I guess I, I really went about this the wrong way and how I was explained. I am not anti big smasher hunts or big stack hunts. I, I just want to point out, like, since Damien, I don't know, maybe it's me. Is it me tweaking out or Damien? It's Thanks, Damien. Damien? It's always Damien. I just want to point yeah. out, guys, that being part of this podcast, when someone puts out a point, I'm going to try and counter it no matter what, no matter how I do because it's <laughs> yeah, got, we got to have some kind of little bit of it. We can't all be like silos are great. And then no one talks about the well, negative side of a, it. Right. Like that, there's that's always that's why we have positive and negative that, and a way to learn. So th- that's why we have Mark. Yeah. yeah I was just, <laughs> Mark's not here today. So. Yeah. So let's pump up silos. Yeah. 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 But again, like I'm, I'm not anti <laughs> big Oh yeah, you just Damien, you're fired. Yeah. So it, so it, it, into uh, Damien's comments here about like you know the big piles and smells and stuff. Like I I've been super fortunate in the area that I am that I hunt in and like like the astronomical amount of geese that we have. And I got into field hunting, I'd say a handful of years before Duck Dynasty. And I don't care what anyone says, Duck Dynasty ruined fucking duck hunting. Yes. It um, did. I disagree. I, I, I was shut up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just because Mark's so not here. I, right? <laughs> so I, I secured a handful of like stupid prime fields, and they've been these farmers and landowners have been great to me ever since. But like, I legit stopped field hunting for like two or three years because it was the same thing every time. Go out, quick little drive. Yeah, there's four, five, four, five six, eight hundred birds get four of us together 30 40 minutes we were done i think the quickest hunt i ever did was like 20 minutes and i'm like it lost it like like it, 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 there was no fun to it there's no challenge like yeah birds are there show up grind 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 okay we're done do it again tomorrow like it just it, it wasn't it just i got burnt out it was the same thing over and over but like now being a little older and obviously you know still going at it um 
I'll still go out for those grinds, but like not nearly as often, like maybe once a week, maybe two every three weeks. Like I've, I've cut back the, the big field shoots. And again, like what the hell do you do with all these birds? Right. Like you can only make so much jerky and sausage and stuff. And like, yeah, like, you know, the piles and smiles are great, but for the most part, I just enjoy being in the field. Whether we shoot one bird or 40, it's just legit, literally sitting there doing three shades of fuck all having a cigar and chatting with my buddies. That's what it means to me the most as opposed to these, you know, huge smasher piles and photos and all the gory shots. Like I think there was another post. I can't remember where I saw it within like the last day or two. It was always like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, all the, the big headshots. Yeah. Let's, let's fuel the antis with some more photo content. Cause like they don't have enough as it is already. Right. I think I, uh, mistakenly put us down a rabbit hole here fellas um and, and we're hunters we're simple-minded folk yeah <laughs> and I, I thought that we were saying that eventually it was like what it means to be a waterfowler and then you kind of tailed off and yeah here we are. so so let's let's reset i said my piece philly you've Stop. had lots of time to think about it now what does it mean to you to be a waterfowler to me it's it's those early mornings it's sitting in that swamp sitting in that pond you know this the smell of lean shit as one would call it hearing wood ducks whistling through the woods um and not not to uh what's the term not, not to drop a preview of such but if you want to know what, what being a waterfowl means to me look at the du gun calendar that's coming out next year Ooh. That's all I got to say. I think Philly just done a plug for himself being uh, featured in the calendar. Not a big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Ryan. <laughs> um, it. I always think of like hunting as almost like a sport, you know, like, well, it's a sport, but in the sense, like you compare like football to hockey, golf to baseball, that, um, waterfowl hunting is going hunting when no other type of hunter would go hunting and there's i have a couple of examples that always come to mind me and mark went hunting in a literal blizzard once like we knew this front was coming we just mistimed it like we were getting like 30 centimeters of snow um i remember we hunted this little this little pond little farm pond that always has ducks on it and we were taking turns going out like every five, 10 minutes and clearing the snow off the decoys. Like we just rotating because it was nonstop. And it was like, we would get birds at like 20 yards and you could barely see them. It was just incredible snow. And it was just like, you know, like nobody else would do this. Like people are going to think we're insane. And that, that, that separation, like that, just that drive that you have to have, like, I mean, there's tons of different types of duck hunters, but to me, like, I can't think of, uh, you know, aside from everybody here, I can't think of too many people that I've waterfowl hunted with who would have gone with me that day. Um, you know, it's just, that's, that's, that's what, I, what comes to mind for me. Yeah. Dave. I think I could sum it up into two words. Um, to me, it's diversity and camaraderie. Whoa. Um, whoa. Yeah, you like that? Marmalade. Hmm. Three words. Three words? That was three. Come on, dumb it down. Camaraderie, two or three? What? No, camaraderie is one word. Yeah. So diversity and camaraderie, those are the two words. You you said you put an end in there. And. Oh, fuck. Anyway, but to me, like the camaraderie part was big. Like I was bored when I was out deer hunting and you're sitting in the same stand every day with bait in front of you, even bear hunting. Like you're sitting there with bait in front with, with duck hunting, like you're going out with your group of friends and having fun and it's, it's enjoyable. And then the diversity side of it, like there are so many different ways to go after these animals. There's so many different types of these birds. There's so many different setups every single time. It's a learning experience. And the diversity part of it is like seeing like, well, today we set up like this. If I go out tomorrow and it's the same conditions and I set out like this, why didn't it work? So I just like, I don't, I like that challenging diverse part of it myself. 
How well said. How does this, when I say this statement, how does this resonate with the three of you? That duck hunting is the most intimate experience you will have hunting a species. There is no other species that is hunted that you have such an intimate experience with than ducks. And the reason I say it is because of these things. Ryan, you started the worst weather in the world that you can imagine we're out in. The, the calls that are individually tuned to us, the decoys that you have to prep, the boat that you have to have, the dog that you, you don't need to train, but many of us do have trained dogs. The everything that encapsulates, that's a big word. No. my fucking kids know that word (laughs) jesus okay whatever shut up it's a big word damien you're right yeah yeah but like is that if would you agree with that statement that there is no other species and and i know like big game hunters be like oh well you know like we go out in shitty weather and do but if you get your animal that first day, then you're done. We do it every day over and over and over. And there's not many of my waterfowl hunting friends, my duck hunting friends that have ever said to me, yeah, I don't think I'm going out tomorrow. It's calling for a shitty day. Yeah. Shake the sand out of your panties. (laughs) Like, is that a fair statement? Would you guys agree that that duck hunting well, is the most intimate? I would yeah, say, like, like, oh, go ahead, Phil. Oh, like, like, like just just what uh, Damon just said. Like, oh, the weather's going to be royally shit. Buckle up, Nancy. Let's fucking ride. We're going. Yeah, I, I got an eighteen time... and a half foot boat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, it's been like thirty episodes since we've heard that song. Yeah. Hell yeah. Full send. <laughs> well, the, for me, like this upcoming season, like I have three things I'm looking forward to the most. The first is the probability of any of you guys coming out here to hunt. Like just yeah. that, you know, just getting back to that uh, normalcy and, and uh, the history that we, we all have hunting together and whatnot, some more than others in this group, but still like, it doesn't matter. Um, two, I have a five-year-old son who is constantly harassing me when duck season starts now, which I love. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to brainwash him or anything, but he wants to vote. So, you know, to have him and my father here, we can share a blind. I don't care if we shoot a bird, but if we make breakfast sandwiches in, in the A-frame and he gets to set up decoys and he has himself a great time and it's a positive experience, that will mean the world to me and it will be something that I'll, I'll take with me to the day I die. And I've spent... I can't tell you how many hours uh, training a new lab this year. And so I get to watch her make her first retrieve at some point this year. So those three things to me, like there's nothing else um, in hunting that compares to that. You know, you know, there's some similarities in deer hunting. I I have a lot of respect for deer hunters and I enjoy deer Mm -hmm. hunting, but waterfowling is my passion and things like that. Like it's, it's a lifestyle. It is. You ask my wife. Like look at, the amount, look at the amount of plastic <laughs> decoys I have behind me. Like, and this isn't everything I own, but um, you know, like it is, it is a passion and a lifestyle. So, Dave, I don't know. I think most of what I would want to say has been said. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to. I want to throw it. So I haven't had a ton of blind breakfasts. Not a ton. I've had them, um, mostly as a guest, not me being the cook. But I will say this. Probably the best breakfast you'll ever have is after a hunt when you and your buddies hit up that that greasy grill and you have that trucker special of just a heart attack on a plate. That. 
that brings up a memory. <clears throat> I took out uh, two friends. Well, this, this is going back a few years now, probably oh, five, six years ago. And it was the last day of duck season. And we went out, did a shoreline hunt for divers. And I kid you not, we, sm- we smashed our 18 birds in like a half hour. And we were done. We went to the little local, and this is like one of the, like the first times I've ever done this. And we went to like the local town where we were and wandered in camo, sweaty, whatever, stinky head to toe and sat down like this greasy spoon, just had like the hungry man's trucker breakfast. Cause like the the hunt was done so quick where it's like, well, shit. Yeah. Like we barely got to warm up and enjoy each other's company. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we went and had breakfast and like just sitting down and having that hot, greasy meal after that cold hunt. Again, like last day of the season. So it was like what January 5th or something. Yeah. And yeah, like that's still stuck to me to this, to this day. If it's and a morning hunt, if it's a morning hunt, it's a big, it's the biggest breakfast that any menu has on it. And if it's an afternoon hunt, it's an all you can eat Chinese buffet. Yeah. There's, there's no contest. It's A or B. Yeah. Big time. And there's always, regardless, there's always that one bird that does it dirty and it gets shot in the face and it just does this plummet from the heavens that is the funniest thing you've ever seen and that gets dissected and talked about at that breakfast table so much <laughs> that you're reliving it like you can yeah. everything about it it's just it's just amazing and and these are the things that you know as you guys know and and I know you all feel this way but we have and, and I keep saying that we have this responsibility to ensure that this duck hunting way of life continues for future generations. And I get it that shooting birds is fun. I friggin' love it. I do. I love it. But there's other things about the hunt that are so special that at 21 years old, you may not fully grasp and maybe it'll take you to the ripe old age of 44 before you do but you think about think about watching the world wake up every morning and that to me i'm not i'm not a a a sunset taking pictures of the sunset type of dude um that is not something that that really gets my blood pumping but leaving when it's pitch black to go to your blind, getting your decoys out, getting everything set up, and then sitting down and listening to the entire world wake up is something that I don't, I don't think you could pay money to experience something like that. And that is something that I, I truly, truly do uh, love about it. And I love when I take new bird hunters out with me. And when I say, yeah, I'll pick you up at four because we got to be at the boat launch for 4.30 to get to the blind at five to set decoys and, and, and hide ourselves to be ready for six. And then when we're sitting there and the person goes, ah, we really messed up that timing. Eh? We could have probably got our sleep. Nobody. There's no extra <laughs> half hour sleep. This is no. this is this is this is it. This is the best part about it. Well, it's also one of those sports where you can where you can go like I can go and hunt with Ryan in Nova Scotia and we'll do bird hunting there a bit different than I do it here. Mm-hmm. We can go to Long Point because that's a destination. We can go here with deer hunting turkey hunting one of my favorites like it's still kind of the same stuff right but with the birds like oh i want to go to saskatchewan sometime i want to go to maryland sometime i want to hunt with jeff coats down there you know you don't get that with other stuff so no good point what's your thoughts on timber hands down hands down the top of my bucket list to be in arkansas and flooded timber Hands down. 
like what about, able- um, how they call it a sport what are you guys thoughts on that i'm i'm okay with the word sport i i does i personally don't consider it a sport and for no other reason than i just and and i don't want to sound cocky or 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 anything when i say this but i'm a duck hunter that's that's how i view it i don't view it as as a sport like i played hockey hockey was a sport i was part of a hockey team but i'm and i never cons- i wouldn't call myself a hockey player because i was horrible at it um and and i'm not a great hunter either but i was gonna my- say you call yourself a duck hunter <laughs> <laughs> but but no like my view of me being a duck hunter isn't through skill it's through the appreciation of everything that's involved in it like i can tell you right now that if the four if i went on a duck hunt on a different day with each of you every one of you would say something different on how to set up every one of you would say something different on how to set up and that is the true beauty of it because just when you think you know say something well you shouldn't do it like that you should do it like this because of this and and there's an explanation behind it and you do it and it fucking works and you're like well the the funny thing is is you're you're correct in that sense that all four of us would set our spread differently Mm-hmm. But regardless, all four of us would still walk out there and change the shit five, six times. <laughs> you know what? I try my best never to change. My, the only thing that I will oh, change is usually I'm, the robo. I'm, I'm bad for it. I don't usually change my spread. The robo duck I might change, but usually the spread I don't. I don't I'm, tend to touch the spread. I will adjust, but I won't change. And there's a difference. Yeah, like like long like if I'm doing like diver hunting, like running long lines, I'll toss them out. That's the end of it. But like mm-hmm. field shoots or small water and stuff, Christ, I'll be out there five six times. Ah, that decoy, no, too close to that one. No, that one's facing the wrong way. Like, and you know, just, and we're all guilty of it. And that's such a funny thing. Like when you'll hear fellas say, "Well, that decoy is too close." Like, and and I've heard it. I've said it. Oh, yeah. And I've and I've heard it, but like. Remember that bird has a brain this size, right? It's it's like it's like um, it, it's like in the playoffs when Carey Price was playing in the playoffs. I had no doubt in my mind Carey Price was in the head of every opposing shooter that they were coming down with the puck and they were like, "This shot has got to be perfect in order for it to go in." We allow the birds to get inside our head and they they make us start changing shit because they're not doing it the way we think they should do it. That's probably the best or worst downfall of us is we are the greatest overthinkers oh. of any hunter yeah. out there. Big time. We, we are our own worst enemy. Well, oh, look- it, mind you, there's way more factors in our hunts you know, when, you, when you're throwing out like 60 decoys on average, you know, there, there's a lot of mitigate or you have anywhere between one to seven, eight shooters. Like there's a lot of mitigating factors there in that, yeah. in that process. So like, you got to take into consideration, like, quote unquote, like the direction travel. Where's the ro- fucking thing? <laughs> uh, where's the roost? Yeah. Which way is the wind? Um, right. Where is the sun? Like so much. I apologize as I have an empty beer can holding up my phone. Yeah, it's just but when we talk about the size of the brains of these animals, like we talked about it this year for turkey season. Like, how can I not shoot one of these stupid things? They got a brain the size of a pea. Blah blah. Going on. Yeah, but they're not learning how to talk to us in English or learn five languages or learn how to shoot a gun. All they're doing is they know how to get food. They know that they want to go fuck and they know that they want to run away from things they don't like. So 
Yeah, yep. they got a smaller brain, but survival they don't have to do and much reproduction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, survival and reproduction. That's it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Nope. Damien's on the run. Yeah. What's anyone notice that bottle that's behind him there? Hmm. Weird. It that's full. bird dog. Looks full. <laughs> it does. That's probably, why he's so, that's probably why he's so co coherent this evening. Yeah. Bird Dog Whiskey, the unofficial whiskey sponsor of Punch Water. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's strawberry flavored. Stra Are you serious? He's I'm starting to think flavor. you know a little too much, David. I yeah, might have dropped it off to him. No. Strawberry flavored whiskey? That's, well, hey. David, you had to pass my house to get to Damien's. I didn't know your address. Um, I don't I give a the, shit. Uh, you can is that technically one. is that technically still a whiskey or is it now in liqueur category? I don't know. What's the percentage on it? This one, this one's it's, liqueur. This is bird okay, dog. Me, liqueur. There what we is go. That? This is bird dog devil dog. It is cocoa cayenne. Let's see if I can get this up in there. See, what? I got hooked for a brief period. Uh, Jack Daniels honey whiskey, and then somebody quickly. Squared me up and said, "That's not fucking whiskey. That's a liqueur." And I was like, "Oh, you know what? Check that. You're right." So, yeah, go drink it. It's delicious. But luck seals still on it too. Hmm. It's not kosher. I might know where there's a peach one, and I might know where there's an apple one. David, mm -hmm. I'll pay premium dollar. <laughs> um, that's the one just I wanted to get is that screwball, the peanut butter flavored right. stuff. Yeah. Oh, Apparently yeah, that's awesome. That. It is. It's good. Uh, I had the blackberry and uh, just throwing out our unofficial sponsor of the show, Bird Dog Whiskey. Um, I had the blackberry, I think it is. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Peach is my favorite, peach and apple. Yeah, apples okay. I'm a big. Didn't they just fan. come apples out with a peanut butter as well. They did. I had the peanut Salt, butter, salted caramel. Oh my god, salted caramel. Just pour it on your ice cream. Put a second here. Put it on your ice cream. Yeah. Awesome. Well, boys, that was uh, that was some good banter. Every day is a great day. Mm -hmm. Some are just better than others. Regs are out. We got stuff to look forward to. It's all that matters. Well, yeah, I have did. a I have a whole new territory to start scouting this fall. That's right, eh? yeah, you do. So excited! So excited! Are you still going to be able to hunt the properties that you got now? There's not a goddamn chance in hell I'm giving up my fields. <laughs> How far are they? Further away? Like much further? You don't worry about that. Oh, I'm, I'm asking, like uh, trying to be nice to you. Don't ask questions. Huh? Don't ask questions. My fields. Cage, I'll cage, still be hunting. I'll still be hunting my fields. Yeah. Right? I didn't oh, kick Phil out. Losing battery. We, um, we've got to, uh, one thing that we do have had to do, and, and Ryan's in Nova Scotia, so we've got to marry up a bunch of calendars here, but we've got to figure out what our plan is as a group for our travel. I know Mark got a couple big moose hunts that he's planning we're doing um opener down in my area um we're going to try and get down to nova scotia to see ryan and smash some black ducks uh wade shoemaker if you're listening i know you told us once that you would pay a lot of money to come and hunt black ducks and i'm telling you um december in nova scotia you need to be uh talking to us and booking a flight buddy because this is this is awesome but we do need to get in we got we've got Corey baker that's that sent out a invitation for us to come and, and hang out with him and andy verco and his crew um we've got a lot of invitations um we're doing a couple hunt camps that's going to tie up a little bit of time um but i think this, this whole idea of, of traveling around and, and I don't think it's something that's really, really popular in Canada.
to just travel around and hunt birds. Not like it is in the States. Like we talked to our, some of our guests in the States, like they'll chase the migration from, from North Dakota all the way South. Like, and, and I know not everybody can do that because you know, your work and, and, and you've got your responsibilities and stuff like that. But how amazing would it be a bunch of hunts where we can travel as a group and, and meet up with new people and some, and some old friends, but to spread this word and, and to try and show people our opinions on what it is to be a duck hunter and why we love it so much, not just because of the stacks of birds and, and those types of things, but the other things that the, the camaraderie and the diversity, as Dave said, I, those things. Hey, I, I just got to tie in something here while you're talking about it. Like we posted up that we were putting up a camp last week, 16 uh -huh. people get an invite. Mm -hmm. We didn't give anybody pre-knowledge of it. Nobody knew except, well, really Damien knew when he was posting that up. That was the only person that really knew. And the amount of people, I had four people message me upset that I didn't send them a personal invite. The whole point of these camps is not for us to send a personal invite. These are to bring together people that maybe have never hunted together Right. Maybe we'll never hunt together, except for the fact that they're going to meet up at one of these camps, learn from each other, meet each other. You'll add each other to Facebook and all of a sudden you're going to go hunting with them somewhere else. And right. that is the point. We're not if we just did the same old camp every year and we invited the same people like, OK, well, last year we had these 12 guys. Let's ask them first. It's not the point of what we're doing here. No. So anyway, I just had to make sure just because you were perfectly yeah. lining that up and I did not. Yeah. No, and it's, about, and that's, it's about networking. Yeah. But, and, and it's not so much of, and, and yeah, it is about networking, but it, it's, it's about, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I can't put it into words. And, and I love all my friends that I've met through previous camps and I do, I love you. And, and I want to hunt with you a bunch more, but there are so many other people like, we're so Dave, Dave will know, but like we created a chat group for, for the, the 16 people that are coming to the October camp. There's a lot of green hunters that are coming to that camp that are asking questions about calling. And, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's about to bring these fellas in to be able to talk. Like we've got a guy that, that has his own call company. Like, and this guy he has his own call company. He makes his own calls. And his response to the fellows that were, that were asking about calling, bring your calls. If you need some help with me tuning your calls, he's not there to try and sell. Listen, he's going to want to sell some stuff, but that's not his goal. His goal is to come and hunt. And if he can help somebody become a better caller or fix their calls, then he's happy. And that's what it's all about. It's all about just being fucking good people. And that's what it is. And that's the message. And that's what we seem to always come back to. And Dave, when you said 100%, we're not, I, listen, I could have filled 16 people in five minutes with 16 people that I knew would have jumped at it like that. <clears throat> but that's not the point. The point is, is to bring in new blood so that somebody else can get to find your new hunting partner, to find and, a new buddy. And it's kind of been cool too, like that chat group that Damien has set up for it. It's like, okay, um, hey, I'm Dave Palmer and I'm from King Carden and I typically hunt this area. And then someone else posted, oh, well, I'm from Orangeville. And it's like, oh, well, I got family in Orangeville and I'm there every now and then. And, and it happened with a whole bunch of people like, oh. Steve Horst is from Walkerton. So someone else is going to meet up with him. And like, it, there's just people from all over the place. And it's, it's showing you how actually close you are to someone else that you could be hunting with them. And you didn't even know it. Yeah. So I, sorry for cutting you off, but it was just the perfect. No, no, no time it, to mention it, it. Right. It totally makes sense. And, and listen, we would be foolish to not mention like Dave, I met you through the very first 
uh, Punisher Waterfowl Camp, the very first one I done, you came out and now you're, you know, you're part owner of, of the company. Phil, I met you at a, at a, at a camp in, in Eastern Ontario. And, and here you are on this show with me. I have so yeah. many friends that I've met through, through duck camps and hunting weekends and, and just being invited. Remember, the whole entire reason why I started this company was because I had no one to hunt with. I had no property. And, it, and it's ballooned exponentially. And it's now time to pass that on and hopefully get somebody else to meet a new hunting partner in their area. Partner up with, pool, re, uh, pool their resources together and, and just go about and, and, and have some fun. It, it's just, it, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about making money. It, it's like, it's kind of like duck camps are like a youth, a youth day for adults almost. Yeah. One. Brilliant. It's a weekend away from the wife. Oh, buddy. Oh, my window's open. I shouldn't say that so loud, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when Damien had his camp, was it two years ago when I went? Yeah. Long point. I, I, I didn't go there to hunt ducks. Yeah. Yeah, I went there to hang out, meet guys, show not, dudes like, how big not, your boat not, was. Like, like not in an awkward sense, but just you know, <laughs> meet guys and uh, drink beer, hang out, smoke cigars, shoot the shit. Duck hunting was a, a complete and utter fucking side note to the whole weekend for me, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. even though I did shoot my first redhead that Jason wouldn't mount, but whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. No, he was mounted it for you. It's just he didn't want you to uh... <laughs> pay for it. Pay for it. Yeah. Such yeah, that's that he's hung up on yeah. that. But okay. Yeah, so you look at that first, first long point. You look at that long point weekend, Phil. Like there wasn't a ton of birds shot that weekend. No, but so again, not not we, why I not why I went. No, but we. I, we, I could have not left the have, cabin all fucking weekend. Would have made wouldn't made two shits to me. Absolutely, boys. Yeah. Um, you know what, Dave, you. Uh, Got <clears throat> a little prelude to this episode saying that it was going to be ugly, but I actually think that it was a good episode and we got some good stuff out. And uh, that's because Phil came on. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fairness, the Webernet here in the uh, metropolis of Omimi, Neil Young's hometown, uh, is <laughs> shit. Like I'm legit. I've been streaming off my phone and I have. I'm down to eleven percent left on my phone. Wow, still better than Damien. She's yeah, gonna still- die. Still better than Damien's. So that's because right. I'm outside. Like, Brutal. Th- there's like the field. This is actually my neighbor's trailer. I'm sitting on their deck. I was going to say, fucking deck on you. Yeah. That's but t- oh. I'm now down to 10%. Okay, buddy. We're going we're gonna to end this. We're we at uh, this up. Yeah, we're at about the 60 minute mark here. So uh, I need to get a bonfire going. There you go. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 59. Something. Yes. Lots. Yeah. 50, 50 lots. 50 lots. 59. Yeah. And we are still trying to make sure that everybody understands that we are not a bunch of professional bird hunters and we will never claim to be professional. But we are 100% legit love one another's company and love hunting birds quick round the table and then we'll end this episode phil damien you're still my favorite newfie yes Ooh, mark sound problem with that Ooh. actually he says it all the time when he calls me as soon as he calls me, i says hello he says how's my favorite newfie so how's my favorite newfie yeah there you go mark can suck it Mark doesn't watch watch the show anyways. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, great to create the weekly chat. It's like therapy, especially this day and age. Love it. Countdown's on. Regs are out. Let's go. Big time. David. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, good to talk. Good to have this weekly meeting. And uh, just remember, we're also not uh, video or audio editors as well as professional bird hunters. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. With that being said, last week, 
Dave done a pretty cool thing. And, uh, and I'm guessing, yeah, that was really cool. So our good friends from Vortex Real Geese um, had their logos up. Um, you know what? And just, just saying thanks for, for the, the trust and, and, the, and the love that they've sent us to, to stand behind us and, and help us get this word out to the masses is uh, immeasurable and we'll never be able to thank you enough. With that, lads, and everybody, thanks for listening. We are to Union 0430. Until next week, big love.